Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you reverently. We come with, before you with a spirit of thanksgiving. And we open up our hearts to the Holy Spirit. We open up our hearts to the word of the Lord. Lord, thank you for giving utterance. I pray that each ear would be open. Hearts would be receptive. Give us eyes to see that which you, need, which you want us to see. And we give you glory for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. Psalm 66 then, and verse 12. says, Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Is there anybody here that has faced some difficulties before in their life? You went through the fire, you went through the water, but you found God faithful all the way through. It's like the psalmist said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid. Why? Because he's with us. And so in this world, we're going to face some trouble. We're going to face some tribulation. But Jesus says, Be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Now, you will discover in life that you may go through some difficult times, but those tests can very easily turn into a what? Your mess can very easily turn into a, a message. And here is God's message for you. You've been through fire, you've been through water, but I am bringing you in to a wealthy place. He brings us into a wealthy place. Now, I want to talk to you these next several weeks a message called Your Wealthy Place. Your Wealthy Place. The NIV says this, But you brought us to a place of abundance. Another translation says, You brought us to a place of plenty. Still another one says, you brought us to a place of great abundance, and you brought us into a place of rich fulfillment. Everyone say fulfillment. <clears throat> a, a place of rich fulfillment is a fruitful place. So when you think in terms of a wealthy place, don't just think about money. Don't just think about the material realm. Think about what we are saying today in what is a wealthy place. It's a place of fulfillment. It's a place of fruitfulness where you in your life can make a big difference. The Amplified says it this way. But you brought us into a broad, moist place to abundance and refreshment and the open air. I want you to pay particular attention to the word refreshment. Your wealthy place is not a place of burnout. Your wealthy place is a place of refreshment. The actual Hebrew word for wealthy and wealth in the Old Testament is a place of overflow, but it's also a place of saturation. You see, I believe that God wants to saturate us. He wants to cause us to be overflowing with His presence every day of our lives so that we can experience God in the nasty now and now and bring forth fruit to the glory of God. Say it with me, I'm coming in to my wealthy place. 
Your wealthy place is also a place of freedom. Your wealthy place is also a safe place. Think about that. When God brings you out of darkness and into light, out of poverty, into wealth, He brings you into a safe place. There's no safer place than being in Him and being under the shadow of El Shaddai. In this day and in this hour, we must draw near to Him. And when we do, we will be the safest of the safe. Did you know that the safest place for you and I to be is in the will of God? And you can be in the will of God in downtown Afghanistan and be safer than you would be in downtown Chicago if you're in the will of God. One translation says, but you brought us out and you refreshed us. Another says, you brought us into a spacious place. Now this one is really good. But you brought us into a place where we have much more than we need. He is the God of much, much more. He is El Shaddai, not El Chipo. He is the God of more than enough, not less than the least. And so when God brings you out, He brings you into a place where you have much more than you need. Amen. Now, perhaps you're not experiencing this. Perhaps you've gotten away from the Lord. You know, how many of you know we've all zigged, we've all zagged, and we've all got zapped? You know, there's been times where we've just flaked off and we've got all of the will of God and it doesn't seem like we're in our wealthy place. Your wealthy place is a place of grace and it is accessed by faith. And you can get right back in as easily as you got out. Amen. Say with me, I'm accessing the grace of God that is in my wealthy place by my faith. So I want to say boldly, I want to say assuredly that it is the will of God for you to prosper. It is the will of God for you to increase. This wealthy place is a place where your cup is running over. This wealthy place is a place of increase. God is not the God of decrease. The devil is the small g of decrease. He says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's increase. Whereas the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What is that? That's decrease. Our God is a God of increase. Everyone charge the atmosphere with increase right now. Come on, say it real strong. Increase. Thank you, Lord, for increase. Amen. Anybody ever heard of a guy by the name of Job? I'm not talking about Job. I'm talking about Job. It reminds me of an old song, get a job. Remember that one? No, you don't. Okay. But Job. Job faced some massive, huge tests. But let me just quote a few verses for you this morning about increase. Here's what God said to Job. He said, though your beginning was small, 
yet your latter end shall be greatly increased. Ooh, glory to God. He says, though your beginning, Job, was small, I'm going to see to it that your latter end and the end of your life, you're going to experience increase and you are going to experience double for your trouble. Come on, somebody, help the preacher today. And that's exactly what Job experienced. At the end of Job's life, the Bible said that God gave him twice as much. He received double. And so God would not say to Job that at your latter end, you're going to experience increase if God wasn't able and capable and willing to give him increase. Now, if he's willing to give Job increase at his latter end, and Job is an Old Testament figure, how much more will he give increase to the new covenant people with whom there is no respecter of persons? Amen. 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 Say with me, if Job increased, if God increased Job, Job. he will surely increase me. Now, I know for a fact, I'll be 64 years old, I'm not planning on retiring. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, do you have a strategy for, you know, handing off the ministry? I'm not leaving. And when it comes time for me to leave, the right person will be in the right place. Amen? Amen. But I'll always be a part of the ministry here. So I don't believe in retiring, I believe in refiring. How about you? So I'm declaring that at 64 years old, I'm stronger now than I was at 54. I'm declaring that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Now, that does not mean that every day I feel strong. Just like you. You have days where you feel strong, other days where you've just got to fight the good fight of faith because maybe you feel weak. Now, in the day in which you and I live, in the last of the last days, we cannot be weak. God is looking for people that shall be strong in Him and in the power of His might. They that do know their God shall be strong and they will carry out great exploits in this day and this hour. Now, I want to encourage you because I know you have full lives. And I know that the enemy comes to weaken and to wear out the saints of the Most High God. He is the God of weakness God is the God of strength. I want to encourage you with this word, that God will increase your strength if you'll believe Him for it. Let me share with you a couple of scriptures. In Proverbs 24, 5, it says this, A wise man is strong. A wise man is strong. And a man of knowledge increases strength. So there can be an increase of strength in my life and in your life when we become men and women who do know their God. There is strength in knowing Him. There is strength in His presence. In thy presence, He said, there is fullness of joy. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. But you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith about this. And believe daily and say daily, I am strong in him. Now, we know a scripture we all quote regularly. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, 
I am strong. Now, you wouldn't need to say you're strong if weakness wasn't knocking on your door. So he's saying when you feel weak, when you're in the midst of a battle, when you're fatigued spiritually and physically, rise up and declare, I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen. Raise your right hand and say it with me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I am not going from being weak to weaker, but I am going from strength to strength. Strength to strength. Now, get this in your heart. He will increase your strength if you'll believe him for it. That is a part of your wealthy place. That is a part of your fulfillment to be strong in him. Look at Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. And notice with me in the amplified version what it says here. The wealthy place that we're referring to today is not just a place where you become so filthy rich and you just hoard up all your money on yourself and never share it with anybody. A wealthy place is much broader than having your financial needs met. Now, we're going to get into some of those things in depth, but I want to lay a good foundation for you. Let's read Philippians 4.13 together. Ready? Read. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient. Isaiah 40, 29 says that he gives power to the faint and to them that have no might... What does he do? He increases strength. My wealthy place and your wealthy place is a place of strength. A place of strength. And the Bible says this. That it is the strong spirit of a man that will sustain him in a time of infirmity. Now, literally, the word infirmity means weakness. So whatever area that perhaps you've been weak in maybe you've yielded to sin maybe you've yielded to all sorts of stuff and all sorts of junk but the stronger you get in here the stronger and the more able you will be to resist those things when they come your way those that are strong in their spirit cannot use the excuse well i just couldn't help myself I just couldn't help myself. She looked so good. I just couldn't help myself. It was all over my computer. I just just couldn't help it. Well, the flesh is weak. But your spirit can be stronger than your flesh. Your spirit can be in charge of your flesh. And your flesh can become a slave to your spirit. But your spirit will not get strong feeding on the spirit of this world. Your spirit will get strong feeding on his faithfulness, feeding on his word, coming to church, being in the presence of God, being around other believers. Come on, somebody. 
Well, I, I just, I just couldn't help it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Now, you need to let the past go. And you need to come to grips with the past. Because, you know, the past is gone. And the past must be forgotten. And when you do what Brenda said today during communion, when you apply the blood of Jesus to past sins, and when you apply the blood of Jesus to your life, the Bible says that God doesn't even remember them anymore. The scripture says he is the one who blots out your transgressions for his own sake, and he will not remember your sins anymore. Hallelujah. Strong in your spirit. Strong to say no to drugs. Strong to say yes to Jesus. Strong to say no to adultery. Strong to say no to fornication. And this is completely opposite of what I preached earlier. But this is a word in season for you today. You can be strong. And God can increase your strength. To where when the fiery darts of the evil one come, you just take the shield of faith and you quench every fiery dart that he brings your way. Hallelujah! Come on, somebody. All right, let's move on. What about this wealthy place? What about this place of rich fulfillment? Oh, man. Did you know that faith comes by hearing? Hearing by the Word of God? And when you operate in wisdom, here's what Proverbs says. A wise man will hear the Word, and a wise man will increase in learning. And a man of understanding shall attain to wise counsels. I believe this, that God wants us to increase in the knowledge of him. You know, the Apostle Paul prayed this. He prayed that I may know him. He said, my determined purpose is, is that I may know him. And that I may know the power of his resurrection. Think about it. That I may become intimately more acquainted with him and that I may become more familiar with the wonders of his person. You know, I know something about the Bible and I know God fairly well, but I can know him a whole lot better. And do you know that you can too? And so a wise person then will not just, you know, not value the word. A wise person will value what they're hearing and the wise person then will increase in learning. Amen. Look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 10. Colossians 1 verse 10 says this. He says that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Now notice, what is that last part? And doing what? Increasing. In the knowledge of God. Increasing. That is, you're a wealthy person when you know God. Amen. You know, I've been around people that pride themselves and they do a lot of name dropping. I could name some names, but I'd be name dropping, so I'm not going to do that. But they sort of pride themselves in knowing this person and knowing that person and knowing this person and knowing that person. I think that's all great. But no one can touch him. I said, no one can touch the master. Hallelujah. 
No one can touch what he can do for you. And so I want to encourage you to increase in the knowledge of God. It is a wealthy person that knows God. You're a wealthy person. When you face something in life and in the natural realm you don't know what to do, but because you've been spending time with Him, because you've been in the Word of God, you just have a spirit of knowing on the inside of you. The Spirit of God will give you exactly what to do. You can know where others don't know. You can see what others can't see. You can flow where others cannot flow. You can get into a place of rich fulfillment and rich fellowship with Him that the wisdom of God is just flowing through you like rivers of living water. You can get into a place when God, with God that you know and understand that wisdom in your heart is like deep water. And through prayer you can draw that wisdom out where you know what to do. You know where to go. You know where to invest. You know because you know God. Everyone say it with me. I know my God. And then another part of your wealthy place in God. It is the will of God for you and I to live long. And for you and I to live strong. Now, I've discovered this, that the older people get, they talk about the rapture more. And they talk about long life more. Because the Bible does say that with long life, he will what? He will satisfy us and he will show us his what? His salvation. The will of God for me and for you is to do everything that God's called us to do while we're here. Amen? And when we're finished, and when we're satisfied, let's get out of here. I mean, why in the world should we stick around here when we're finished? Amen? But you know what? He that has begun a good work in you, he will perform it until he returns. How many of you have this sense in your heart that there's much more that God's got for you? How many of you have this sense in your heart that there's much more that God wants you to do? How many of you have this sense in your heart that your race is not run yet? That there's more race to run. There's more to do for the glory of God. Somebody says, well, I didn't even get saved till I was 60. Believe God for an increase of years. I said, believe God for an increase of years. Many, many people are dying prematurely when they don't have to. Many people are buying into the lie of, well, you just never know, you know, when you might die. You might have a heart attack or you might get in a car accident. Well, you might not if you live in Psalm 91. If you live in there shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. If you live in no weapon formed against me shall prosper. If you live under the spot where the glory comes out, if you live in the fear of the Lord, it will prolong your days. But there's too many people with their lives getting snuffed out because of a lack of knowledge. There's too many people getting their lives snuffed out because they've given place to the enemy. And before they could make the turn, the enemy stopped them. Well, let not that be said of you. Let not that be said of us. What do you say you and I go all the way and make it to the finish line? What do you say we live long? Come on, somebody. 
and we live strong. You know, perhaps some of you have had a diagnosis that they said, this is life-threatening, but I see you're still breathing. I see you're still alive. Hey, I got a little jerk on that one. Glory to God. Well, you know, this disease is serious. This could kill you. Yeah, but it might not, and it will not, because I'm enjoying the presence of God. Come on. Let's live. Let's live. And let's live while we live. Let's not live weak, emaciated, beat up, beat down, barely getting along, living on Grumble Alley, Christians. Let's live on Glory Avenue. Let's live on Strong Street. Let's live in healing hollow. Hallelujah. As you can tell, I'm stirred up about this. Say with me, long life. He's satisfying me. Now notice in Proverbs 9, verse 11, it says, For by me thy days shall be multiplied by the wisdom of God. Your days will be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be decreased. You mean to tell me if I'm operating in the fear of the Lord, and I'm doing the best I can to walk with God, that he's going to decrease my years? No, the opposite is true. He will increase your years. The fear of the Lord will prolong your days. Walking in the Spirit will keep you in the life of God. Amen. Read it with me one more time. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. Now turn over to Psalms 92. So your wealthy place then is a place of rich fulfillment where you live out all of your years, you finish your course, and with a smile on your face, you say, Lord, I'm ready to go home. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then he will give you an abundant entrance into his glorious kingdom. Wow. Is that the way you want it to happen for you? That's better than going down in a jet, ain't it? That's better than getting killed on 880. Amen? Amen. That's better than getting killed on an operating table. Now, we we don't relish in the fact and we don't put other people down that have died prematurely. But, you know, we need to stand for life for ourselves. And we need to believe God with all of our might to finish everything that God's given us to do. Hallelujah. 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 Don't let anyone or any diagnosis or anything call you what God has not called you. Don't let any diagnosis or anything or anyone call you what God has not called you. Some of you need to have a name change. Now, I'm not talking about going from Thomas to Brown. I'm talking about going from victim to victor. I'm talking about going from sick to healed. I'm talking about no more poor mouthing. Let's talk about our wealthy place, our place of rich fulfillment. Amen? Now, let this get in on the inside of you. This will change your life. It will. 
Now notice with me in Psalm 92, notice with me in verse 10. It says, here's David talking. He says, but my horn, my emblem of excessive strength and stately grace. Notice excessive is increase. Strength is a part of your wealthy place. And stately grace. Everyone say stately grace. He says, by my horn, my emblem of excessive strength and stately grace, you have exalted like that of a wild ox. And here's what David said. I shall be anointed with what? I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Now, one of the definitions that we gave for the word wealthy was saturation. Another definition that we gave for the word wealthy was refreshing. David is saying, I will be anointed with fresh oil. Listen, you do not have to have your oil run out in this day, in this hour. You do not have to burn out in this day. You can burn on. Lord, give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. Hmm. Hmm. I just sense this in the crowd. Somebody just said, oh, man, I wish I could believe that. You can. You can believe it. You can believe it. God's given you faith. God's given you the ability to partake of everything that's being said in this pulpit today. All you've got to do is access the grace of God with your faith and believe. Notice with me in verse 11. Verse 11. He says, My eyes look upon those who lie in wait for me. My ears hear the evildoers that rise up against me. Verse 12. I want you to read that with me. Verse 12. The uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, shall be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and what? And what? And what? Fruitfulness is a part of your wealthy place. Those that are in right standing with God shall not diminish, shall not... What do they call that when a, a flower does that? Shall not wilt, amen, but shall flourish like the palm tree. Shall be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, useful, and fruitful. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Brenda and I went to Lebanon. Those cedars in Lebanon are stately. They're upright. They are magnificent. They are Beautiful. That's what your life is to Him. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Majestic. Stable. Your wealthy place is a place of stability. Your wealthy place is a place of durability. And notice that last word, incorruptible. You know what incorruptible means? Incorruptible means incapable of being destroyed. Oh, glory to God. That's the will of God for you. Get this in your heart. Get it in your mouth. I'm flourishing like a palm tree. I'm not wilting and getting weak. 
I'm not hiding in a cave, hoarding up tribulation food, waiting for that faint trumpet. No, thank God I'm occupying till he comes. I'm front and center. I'm all in the kingdom and the kingdom is all in in me. I'm about my father's business. Verse 13. Glory. I just about preach myself happy. So then, read that with me. Planted in the house of the Lord. Do you think it's important to be planted in the local church? I do too. Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of God. Now, how many of you wore your shouting clothes? You got your shouting clothes on? Look at verse 14. Come on. Read it. Growing in grace, they shall still bring forth fruit. That's a mouthful right there. You could preach a month on that verse. Let's look at it just for a moment. Growing in grace. Can you grow in grace? That's increase. Your God-ordained wealthy place is a place of grace. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap. Didn't say there'll be saps. And then he defines what being full of sap is. Full of spiritual vitality. And rich in the virtue of trust, love, and contentment. Let me say this to you this morning. Your wealthy place, your God-ordained place, is a place where you're content. Your wealthy place is a place where you don't compare yourself with me. I don't compare myself with you. You don't compare yourself with other people in the body of Christ. You're so thankful. You're so grateful that whatever state you're in, you've learned to be content. Come on, somebody. It's a place of contentment. You see, you don't have to measure up with anyone or anybody. You're already complete in Him. I said, you're already complete in Him. You're already a new creation. You're already filled with the fullness of God. What more do we need? Who more do we need to be than we are in Him? But you see, people that are insecure and have issues, they want to compare themselves with so-and-so and they want to, they have to wear the latest style and they have to have the latest shoes and they have to have the latest hairdo and they have to have the latest this and the latest that and there's nothing wrong with having all the latest this and that but don't get the latest this and that to hide your insecurities I think I just preached a good message right there Your security is not in a slim waistline. This is not slim. Your security, come on somebody's, is not in the latest style of glasses. Your security is in Him. Your contentment is in Him. All of my springs are in Him. Well, I'm a millionaire. Well, big honking deal. You're a millionaire? What are you doing with it? Well, I invested this and that. How much have you given? 
See, your contentment can't not be in your IRAs or in your 401k or your 403b or whatever they call them. It can't be in those things. It's got to be in Him. Are you against having money? Absolutely not. Just so money doesn't have you. Are you against having nice clothes? Absolutely not. Just so nice clothes aren't hiding something. That's why I get, I get so full of whatever for all these Hollywood models. You know, they've got to be just like this. You can't even hardly see them. And then all of a sudden they're set up as some sort of a standard. For you to be just like. Look at You don't need to be just like anyone. Except just like Jesus. And if you're just like Jesus. You're just alright with me. Are we hitting any chords yet today? Oh glory. My, 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 my. Glory to God. Thank you Lord. You are complete in Him. He who is the head of all principality and power. Hallelujah. You are in Him. He is in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have right standing with Him. You're more than a conqueror in Him and through Him. In Him and through Him, you can do all things. He is your all. You are His and He is yours. You're in covenant with Him and He's in covenant with you. And He is in you. And He is the hope of glory. Woo! Glory to God. So then, man, once you start getting a revelation of who you are and whose you are, hey, thank you. You walk around with your head up. You walk around above sin because you realize that you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And for you to keep yielding to what you've yielded to in the past is beneath you. But that can only be accomplished through a revelation of Him in you. And greater is He that is in you than what's coming to you on the outside of you. If you'll put the greater one to work for you, in you, praise God, it'll take care of all this outside junk. Amen. So your wealthy place is more than paying your bills. Your wealthy place is more than being a tither and being a giver. It includes that. But your wealthy place is a place of fruitfulness. It's a place where you're useful. It's a place where you're content. And then quickly turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Thank you, Lord. Now, notice with me this verse of Scripture. Would you read it with me? Ready? Everyone read. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. A wise man will increase in what? A wise man will increase in knowledge and in learning. Now, when you increase in this epinosis, is what the Greeks call it, when you increase in this personal relationship with Jesus through the word and through fellowship here's what will happen in your life you will experience an increase or you will experience a multiplication of two things 
And those two things that can be increased and multiplied in my life and in your life, which is a part of our wealthy place, is grace and peace. Listen, you want to grow in grace. You want more grace in your life. You want so much grace in your life that it's layered up and it's stacked up. And the Bible says it's grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Paul said that his grace is sufficient for him. Listen, there's grace and an increase of grace in this day and in this hour for you to be alive in the last of the last days. Listen, there's grace for moms. There's grace for daddies. There's grace for employees. There's grace for employers. There is grace for whatever you may face. Through the knowledge of God, you can experience an increase of the grace of God. Pray this with me right now. Lord Jesus, I pray right now for the grace of God to be increased in my life. For the grace of God to be multiplied in my life. You want His grace. Now notice the other thing, and we'll close with this, and we'll work with this just for a few moments. Grace and peace. Now, does anybody know what the Hebrew word for peace is? Shalom. And does anybody know what shalom means? One way that shalom is defined is by everyone say, nothing missing and nothing broken. This side say, nothing missing. This side say, nothing broken. So when you break down the word shalom, it carries with this, this thought, wholeness, preservation, prosperity, wealth in every area of your life. Now, If there's one thing that the devil will challenge all of us with is tomorrow. What about tomorrow? Where where am I going to get the money to to pay for that that college uh, money that I borrowed? Where am I going to get the money? I I just lost my home. Where am I going to get the money to pay for rent? Have you checked how much rent is these days? Did you know that it costs more to rent in the Bay Area than it does to purchase a house? I mean, it's crazy. And those things will gnaw at you. Those things will knock on the door of your soul. And one of the greatest fears that Christians face is the fear of tomorrow. What am I going to wear? What am I going to drink? Where am I going to live? How many of you know that Jesus addressed that? Look at Matthew chapter 6, and I want us to notice verse uh, 24 right on through verse 31. Matthew chapter 6. Part of my wealthy place and your wealthy place is having the peace of God that passes all understanding. I mean, you just can't explain it. It's a serious test you're going through, but on the inside of you, you just got peace. Amen? You just have a peace, and you can't, it's incomprehensible. You can't understand it, but it's a peace that can be increased in your life the more you walk with him. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, it says, No man can serve two masters, 
For either will hate the one or love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. Verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Will thoughts come? Will thoughts persist in coming? Take no thought for your life. What you're going to eat, drink, or your body, what you're going to put on. He says, is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Verse 26. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than a bird? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Verse 29. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Verse 31 is where we want to get. Read it with me. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Now let's just stop right there. Here is how that we take the enemy's thoughts. He brings them to our soul. Fear of the future, fear of this, concern about this, concern about that, and we begin to say what he said. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just so worried. I'm just so fearful. I'm not sleeping at night. I just don't know what I'm going to do. So Jesus is saying to us, if you want the peace of God to be increased in your life, you need to learn then not to take Satan's thoughts. I say you need to learn then not to take the enemy's thoughts. So how do you not take his thoughts? You stop saying what he's bringing to your mind and you start saying what you've deposited in your heart. And that's why I encourage you to let God's word dwell in you richly on a daily basis because as you deposit God's word in your heart and those thoughts come out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And if the word is in you in abundance, out of your mouth is going to come the word of God and that word is like a sharp two-edged sword and that word will put the devil on the run every time in every way. Every time, in every way. And it's a sharp two-edged sword. And you know what? You won't even have to think about it. You won't even have to look for scriptures because it's in you. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will. It shall be done unto you. I stopped memorizing the word a long time ago, but I haven't stopped meditating on the word. I haven't stopped speaking God's word. Listen, the more you meditate and speak God's word, and the more it's in your heart, any situation in life comes up, what does the word say? And you won't have to call somebody to find out what the word says. You'll know what the word says because it's categorized deep within your heart. And you'll begin to say, this is what the word says. And you'll speak, thus saith the Lord to those thoughts. And you'll cast down imaginations. And you'll bring every, captiv- every thought into captivity, the obedience of Christ. Instead of being pulled down by strongholds, you'll pull them down. Let's stand up, everybody. Come on, somebody. Let's stand up and thank him for his word this morning. Glory to God.